course we are. Of course we are. Uh, and we, um, we distract people by having a boogeyman. You know, if we're in collusion with Russia to do something really nefarious, what better thing is there to do than to tell everybody Russia is the boogeyman, but for a different reason, not for the reason that we would, you know, we don't need to know about. Um, so, you know, I mean, and, and two, there's a desensitization, I can't say the word, I know, desensitization <laughs> of, of um, you know, why would you not want to do something to help multiple amputees that have come back from war. These guys who have gone off to serve their country honorably, they've been horribly wounded, and now technology can make their lives better, make them be able to walk and use arms again, even though they're artificial, but they can be controlled by their brain. And That sounds so good and so humanitarian on one level that while we're thinking that's a great thing, I hope they can get that to work. And they're using these disabled veterans to introduce this technology and to get us used to it. And, of course, we got the, all the, the Marvel Universe movies and all that kind of stuff. And that stuff goes back. I mean, Iron, the first Iron Man comic came out when I was, like, in the third grade. You know, so, I mean, they've been foisting this on us for years and years and years. And, you know, even if you go back into, the, like, the 1940s when uh, they first uh, came up with Captain America. Uh, Captain America was this puny little weakling guy, you know, and, and they brought him in and these doctors, these scientists, you know, gave him these drugs and uh, he became a super soldier. And he was, uh, you know, he grew up, had muscles and was ripped all over, you know, and he could go out and beat the Nazis. That was the whole thing. They built this soldier who could defeat the Nazis. And they were, I look at it and I go back and say, were they trying to even, you know, back that far get us used to this idea? That, hey, we need a super soldier. Our, our men with, with, you know, boots on the ground, guns and, and, you know, smoking a cigarette and, you know, fighting the Germans and fighting the Japanese, you know, and we're all proud of them. They're our uncles or people from town we know, our dads, our grandpas. But we need a super soldier. If we have a, a super soldier, we got one guy that can go in and take out a whole division. You know, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good thing. And, and th this was being foisted on children back as far as the 1940s and all up through now. And um, so we're kind of, that idea is not, you know, if we don't look at that with suspicion. We think, yeah, that would be a great thing. What if there was a real Captain America? Man, that would be, that would be cool. And every kid wanted to be Captain America. So when you got all the kids already wanting it and you've got the adults today saying, well, yeah, it's a good thing because they're helping disabled veterans. And not looking at what the real purposes might be and what the real consequences might be if we embrace this stuff. Oh, yes, definitely. And I've talked about that on the show uh, because one of the podcasts I reviewed on uh, military.com, the, the podcast is Left to Boom, and it was featuring doctors Peter Emanuel and Diane Deulius, who both co-authored the Cyborg Soldier 2050 paper for the U.S. Army. And they literally use what you just talked about, Captain America, as an example. And these are doctors working for the Army, developing the Cyborg Soldier program. And on this podcast, 
they talk about sort of the ethics and how they have to prime the public to uh, basically accept this stuff. I think it's more in line with getting the scientists and engineers that might still have some morals and values on board with this. But the woman, Diane DeUlia, she basically snickers. And she says, well, we've just had this 20-year war, so we have a lot of guys coming back here with missing limbs, and then we put these uh, brain chip devices in their heads and these bionic arms on them, and they're already been walking around in the grocery store for the last 10 years. So she said, I think we've entered a phase where we made it pretty normal. She's almost like bragging about it. And you're like, wow, this is creepy. But I think when most people listen to this stuff, Unless there's someone like myself there to keep stopping and pausing it and breaking it down and analyzing it, you don't even realize the gravity of the situation and what they're actually saying. You know, unless someone goes, pause, let me just tell you what they just said here. Well, and I mean, and, and you got to look at it from the standpoint we were talking about a few minutes ago, that anybody who would deny a, a horribly maimed uh, United States veteran uh, from having a good normal life and having limbs again and all this kind of stuff. If you're against that, then there must be something. You've got a mental illness because only somebody who was deranged psychologically would deny, you know, a, a, a handicapped uh, veteran uh, the chance at a normal life. And, and so, but, but again, we got a pill for that. <laughs> you got your deranged stuff to think that. We could cure you with some ketamine and a VR helmet. No, it, it's, it's, no, it's great that you say that because I always point it out to the audience, whether it's Elon Musk speaking or whether it's these doctors from the army. I said, this is where they're always able to win because they can tug at the heartstrings and they can play to human emotion. And so right away, you're supposed to believe that the government is doing this and spending billions if not trillions of dollars on particular type of research because they love people and they want to cure them or like they're going to fix the seven people that have this specific disease and I'm like but see that's how they get you and then later on it gets rolled out in some form of a commercial product or like all the smart technology we have now and so it's developed inside the government it's then normalized through somebody like an elon musk and the next thing you know everyone in the united states starts putting you know amazon ring type cameras inside their newborn's nursery uh, that's collecting vital statistics and measuring their heart rate inside the nursery and then people bitch and complain about the prison planet we live in i'm like wait a second you just installed all the technology in your child's bedroom i mean what the hell are you talking about yeah um you know and and i read too where uh, uh the lady who was the head of darpa was talking about that they had been through stem cell research, they're actually being able to grow ears and grow noses and grow body parts that could be used to replace a missing body part on an injured uh, veteran. And you know, and I, and I think you know, the, the the going back to the whole the island of Doctor Moreau and the Russians wanting to you know create life. Um, Annie Jacobson, who we talked about, her book on Roswell, you know, she says that it wasn't a spaceship from Mars that crashed in the deserts of New Mexico. It was a Russian craft. And the alien, quote unquote, bodies that they recovered really weren't spacemen. But these were beings that were created in Russia by scientists from um, young, mentally handicapped uh, kids. 
and they altered them in such a way as to even make them not just appear uh, like an alien being, but actually have certain bodily, you know, components that were 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 alien, but they were really Russian. Um, and so, you know, if if you know, back fifty years ago, sixty, seventy years ago, they were transplanting dog heads on other dogs, and we're growing body parts. You know, what are we really pushing toward? Are we pushing towards the creation of life uh, outside of biology, outside of human sexuality, uh, a parent, two parents producing um, a, a child? Are we going to be creating life forms? Um, and if we can grow ears and noses, we can probably do a whole lot more than that because that's just what they let us know about. Uh, but all these groups, you know, with the Nazi experiments, the Japanese experiments, DARPA experiments, the Soviet experiments, what are they really getting at? Uh, are they looking to create a race of people that are compliant, subservient, don't think for themselves, uh, and will just do what they're told? You know, and the elites can, you know, uh, you know, rent these people out to mow their grass or cook their food or do whatever, and they just they don't cause any problems. A docile society, you know, and if you got somebody who's acting up a little bit, like you said, give them, uh, you know, a headset and some psychedelics and uh, now that problem solved. Uh, it, it's, it's really kind of nefarious when you think about it. It's almost like uh, you know, working towards the creation of uh, a race, if you want to call it that, of uh, beings, human-like beings, part machine, part you know, human or part created human. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I, I begin to think maybe I need ketamine now and, and be our goggles <laughs> of thinking of this stuff. You know, I thought you and I crazy when you think about it, but, but you I know, thought it's you, not I thought, beyond the realm of possibility. I thought you and I took ketamine before we started this show. <laughs> <laughs> if we did, this, we should have. <laughs> this is the Joe Rogan experience, man. No, but uh, but no, no, no. It's it is crazy when you think about all this kind of stuff. But what's not crazy, and, and when I decided a few months ago that this was the path I was going to go down for the show, because I've usually in the past I produced content more on uh, politics more on following the surface level stuff and i said how am i going to do a show like this without coming across as crazy and what i've tried to focus on here is by showing the mainstream articles the white papers the lectures the speeches all of the stuff that world economic forum puts out because people can argue that that stuff is fake or that the wizards of oz or the masters of the universe that they're lying this stuff isn't real but these aren't my words it's not my opinion when yuval Noah harari walks out there and says you are a hackable animal you are useless humans you have no spirit you have no soul you have no free will those are his words and that guy isn't just some kooky science teacher or philosophy teacher speaking to his sixth grade class until the parents find out and get upset about it he's walking out on a stage and speaking to the most powerful most influential wealthiest people on earth from government all the way to the supposed private sector so that's why when you listen to it it is so crazy 
it's hard to explain to people that don't know about this, but these are the real people who are in charge, who wield power, that are saying this stuff. Peter Thiel wields power. He's also a huge government contractor. He's also embedded in politics now. So when you hear this stuff going on, it's not like you or me are just making this up. We're only taking this information from the people. I mean, Annie Jacobson is writing books off of declassified information. This is information the government says, here, this is the official narrative. So it might sound crazy, but it's not like we're making this stuff up. You're right. We're speculating to a degree, but we're speculating based on things that people in authority and in the know have made public. What I wonder is, you know, the stuff that they haven't made public, what are they doing? Uh, we may never know. We may never know in, in, in the next several years. But like I said, if they're growing ears and noses at DARPA, what else are they doing? You know, what are they doing that they're not telling us? And, well, they're, uh, well, they're, they're growing ears. Big. I was going to say they're growing ears and noses at the same time. I've done a couple of episodes on the designer babies, uh, that whole uh, model that they're doing now with yes. the new trend for in vitro. Yep. And then they have synthetic wombs. And I put out a couple shows labeled The Real War on Women. And basically, these scientists and engineers now are starting this uh, narrative, this adoption campaign to say that women's wombs are inefficient, ineffective, they're not streamlined. And therefore, you should let us extract your egg, and then what we'll do is we will fertilize it, and then we'll have, you know, 10 embryos to pick from. We'll kill all the ones that could have all your bad traits. We'll keep the good one, and then we'll grow it inside of a synthetic womb. This is literally about to be rolled out in a couple of years. They've got all the research behind it, and you will have your child grown in a laboratory. So once they can do that, then we know they're admitting to the fact that they can grow children in a government lab or in a corporate owned lab even though they're the same thing nowadays and who's going to end up owning those children i mean who's going to end up owning them the government because they have no parents and then you hear all these type of psychopathic scientists all the time say you know when we're in a laboratory setting we don't have to deal with ethics we can play around with these tissues and these cells so is that how they're going to look at these children well they have no parents there's no ethics we can just play around with them now I mean, it's kind of like you can see the writing on the wall. Well, you know, and I mean, you know, humans can be really unpredictable. They can cause lots of problems when you don't need them to. So why not engineer, whether it's through biological means, like you're talking about using CRISPR technology to make designer humans uh, grown in a lab? Uh, do they belong to the government? Well, you know, look at the Hitler Youth. You know, they, they had a, a, a huge program to take young children and turn them into Nazis and make them, you know, good Nazis and, and ready, uh, you know, healthy Nazis, ready to go to war when the time came. Uh, so, I mean, we've learned a lot, you know, maybe this thing that they're doing, this creation of uh, the, the um, half man, half machine uh, and the half man part was created in a lab instead of uh, through natural uh, parenting. Uh, come up with, uh, you know, we're, we're making um, the Hitler Youth again, except uh, they won't wear swastikas. They'll wear the American flag and, uh, <laughs> or the, Uni the United Nations flag or whatever, you know, of the time. Uh, I don't put anything past these people. I mean, I think they're evil. And evil, you know, 
uh, evil hurts people. Evil wants to do away with people. And uh, while these people are, are saying that, hey, no, we're doing this for the good of society, for the good of the world. No, they're doing it for their own good. You know, they want to rule and they want all the money. And um, if they can kind of get all of us unpredictable, you know, rebellious humans out of the way and they've got their own designer people, uh, why not? You know, it just makes life easier for the elite. Uh, and, I, and I could see that. I mean, I could see them at least thinking that way. I don't know that they're doing that exactly. I can't say that that's their motive, but it's, you know, that's not a hard deduction. No, no. At, at the end of the day, you never know that because that's the stuff they're not telling you. Besides the fact that they're about 20 years ahead. Uh, and this is just, um, you could see this, like I mentioned, the, the story with Elon Musk. You know, he comes out a couple years ago and he shows a macaque monkey playing mind pong inside of its head. And then later on, you see the government admit, well, we came up with that in 2003. So they're about 20 years behind what they admit to. But the intentions, that's what you'll never know. So on this show, I, I take what happened in the past. I take what's going on here. I try to look at the private sector. I try to look at the public sector. I try to look at the universities. And then tell the whole story. And then you're able to say this is where it looks like they're going with this in the future. Because not a lot of people are doing that. They'll tell you one piece of the story. For instance, you were talking about some of these companies uh, are some of these doctors writing about psychedelics today. And what you'll see in some of these articles, a majority of them, they'll say, well, the government was uh, messing around with psychedelics in the 50s and 60s. Unfortunately, it didn't go anywhere. Now we're bringing it. And you're like, wait a second. They didn't tell you what the government was doing with the psychedelics. They didn't tell you about MKUltra. They just gloss over that. So you say, are they intentionally trying to hide these things from the public? Uh, I think sort of what they did is they put the MKUltra thing in a bottle, made it disappear from public view for a while, and now they're rolling it out again, rebranded, basically. As George H.W. Bush said, it's kinder and gentler. You know, they just got a, <laughs> a kinder and gentler NK Ultra, you know, something that's palatable to the humans. Uh, you know, we won't get upset when we hear about it because it doesn't really tell us anything. Um, and, you know, like I said, they keep us in the dark. They got the pretty girl in the bathing suit assisting the magician, and we're watching her and not seeing, you know, what he's doing, what the real trick is. And, you know, so much of what we're exposed to is, you know, with, with all the media, the, you know, 50 to a thousand television channels on your cable or satellite, and all the stuff that's available on the internet. I mean, we got distractions. Uh, you know, we've, we've got as much of an addiction to technology now as we've got to, to opioids. Um, and, you know, I mean, how people can, you know, who aren't making much money to start with will run down to the Apple store when the new iPhone comes out and spend a couple thousand bucks on a phone uh, when their other phone still works well. <laughs> and we, we have all this stuff that that's, and it's all distraction. It keeps us all looking at the screen and we're not looking at what's going on in politics, what's going on in military, what's going on in science what's going on with these rich elitist, uh, you know, the, the, um, the, the um, Klaus Schwab and, and, and Peter Thiel and Elon Musk and, and that whole ilk of people and what they're really doing. 
You know, we just see the Tesla car and we think, oh, wow, that's really cool. You know, but we don't see, you know, where where he goes at night and who he talks to behind the curtain and, you know, what kind of deals are being made to do what. Uh, because we're busy looking at our screens and that's, you know, we can, you know, buy, it's like I said, it's one of the reasons why, you know, when they talked about, um, you know, after Trump was out of office and all this stuff and, you know, the, all these, these people who had you know, guns and stuff, are going to start a civil war. And I'm like, you know, no, we'll never have a civil war because you can't get Netflix in a foxhole, <laughs> you know? And I, I don't want to go to war. I want my MTV. <laughs> you know, I don't want to go out and shoot at people. I want, you know, I, I want uh, I want to be able to play Pac-Man on my, my computer or whatever. And because people are so addicted to this stuff, they're never going to go out and fight a civil war. And, no, you know, the, the whole thing, you know, you know Biden's going to get rid of AK-47s and, and AR-15s. And, you know, and I, and I think, you know, they're never going to get rid of guns as long at least as long as there are southern rednecks i mean i can tell you that um will be the last to fall but they know if they try to go out and go house to house and take guns away from people it's going to be at a huge cost but with teaching my grandchildren's generation and the next generation about how bad guns are and guns kill people and guns are terrible and guns are only for bad people and then at the same time You've got all this land being developed into all this stuff. Uh, when I was a kid, I could go out in the backyard and shoot and didn't have to worry about hitting anybody. Now you can't do that. If you don't go to a gun range or if you're not on a hunting preserve, there's not many places you can go shoot anymore. So they're taking away the opportunity and the availability of places to go target shooting and hunting and things like that. And at the same time, they're just waiting for us to die out. And when my generation is gone and my grandkids' generation is coming into power, you know, it'll be easy to get rid of the guns because they've already been taught they're bad. There's no place to use them. Uh, the government is, uh, goes out and hires 50,000, you know, young people and gives, gives them guns and gives them badges and puts them to work for the IRS. And they'll do this in other uh, government agencies, I'm sure. So they're winning the younger people to their side so that when my generation dies off, there won't be a bloodbath if they come to get the guns. People will just give them up, say, oh, yeah, we don't need these things. What do we need them for? You know, uh, they're bad. Uh, it was a primitive thing. You know, primitive generations use these yep. things. We're more enlightened now. And they'll take the guns and not a shot will be fired. Yeah, and, and, and exactly. And the thing is, eventually, once they, uh, and this is all coming in the next few years, once they fully introduce like a central bank digital currency system, it's not like we haven't had, we've had digital currency since they issued us uh, debit cards 30 years ago. But once they have the full-blown system and it's operated on an app and there's a social score system like in China, then Dana speaks out of line. They cut off your bank account. You can't even go buy gas. I mean, that's how they're going to punish people your home becomes your prison where it'll have a smart lock and you're not allowed to leave it so 
the guns end up the, the the last people that need to keep them because you can't use it to overthrow your tyrannical government, which is the real purpose, would be for your own protection. But they'll just end up convincing people, hey, everyone has a brain chip in now. If somebody breaks the law and tries to hurt you, we just turn their chip off and they die right there on the street. Yeah, so switch them off. <laughs> yeah. So switch them I off mean, and you're right. ketamine, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the one thing that we can see for sure that you just brought up and uh, I had an interesting conversation the other day with Magdalene Rose, who I met years ago through Maria Albanese. She's a young conservative, and she's aware of the grifts and the schemes and stuff, but she's got her ear to the ground. She was talking about Ron DeSantis on the show. Yeah, she's and I said, a sharp young lady. Yeah, she's good. But I said to her, so does Ron DeSantis have a five-year, a 10-year, a 20-year plan of what America looks like? She said, well, no, nobody does. I said, well, the UN has a plan going out to 2050. The World Economic Forum publishes plans all the time what the world will look like. So how are you supposed to undo what's going on if you don't have a plan? And the people on our supposed side don't even talk about these topics that we've talked about today. And so that's how it is. I mean, they have this plan and the one thing about our enemies i will give them credit they do plan they socially engineer and they are willing to play the long game they are willing to to like you said engineer the concept of guns being for protection or guns being to be able to protect your family away from the kids one or two generations away they say hey we'll just set the stage now and we'll wait 40 years and and like i said you educate the younger generations to where they're willing to give them up by the time they get to be of age. You know, you don't need these things. And, and, and if you need a gun, then, Hey, we'll put you to work for the government. You can come to work for the IRS. We'll give you a gun. You can shoot people with it too. So you don't need that AK 47 at home. We got better guns. We'll give you just come to work for us. And, uh, there, there you have it. I mean, this, uh, this Not whole only that. thing with hiring all these, not only you that, Dana, they'll, they'll turn to, you. you know, guns. Oh, I was going to say, not only Wait. that, Dana. Not only that, they'll turn you into a Marvel superhero. <laughs> they'll they'll genetically right. modify you and turn you into the Incredible Hulk if you want that. That's right. I mean, hey, I mean, I would be more afraid of an IRS agent who had like Wolverine spikes coming out of their hand than I would them having a Glock on their head. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a crazy world. <laughs> they come to collect your taxes, you're more apt to pay, you know, if you got Wolverine at the door or the Incredible Hulk, you know, like, hey, we're just going to knock down a wall here. We'll, we'll knock down walls until you write us a check. <laughs> so. so, Dana, let me ask you this. If you, you go back to, uh, uh, what, 50, 60 years ago, did you ever... When you were, uh, you admitted to this on the show, when when you were tripping on acid 60 years ago, did you seriously imagine that any of this could have been going on? <laughs> oh, no. Heavens no. Um, but, um, you know, the, the thing that, that um, you know, I guess maybe my experimentation with psychedelics and things like that, uh, because of people, the people who I was around, and the mindset that I was kind of influenced by um, was, tended to be more ritualistic. It tended to be more, instead of just party and get high and get crazy, more introspective, more spiritual, if you were, um, you know, the, the Carlos Castaneda kind of thing, you know. Um, and look, looking for enlightenment, looking for mind expansion, looking for something that was higher 
above the mindset of the people who ran the country and, and did the news. Um, and But I don't think that's going on much anymore. Now, when I used to go to Mexico quite a lot, and I made friends with a lot of Mexican Indians down in the state of Oaxaca. And one of the things that I saw, and they've got in Oaxaca, Mexico, every single psychedelic plant known to man grows down there. And you would think that that would be a mecca for people who were wanting to trip. But actually, the Indians don't see it that way. They can't fathom using psychedelic drugs to party. That's sacrilegious to them. Uh, they may smoke pot once in their life under the guidance of a shaman, or they might do psychedelic mushrooms once in their life for some kind of medical or spiritual journey thing, and then they get what they're supposed to get, and then that's a thing of the past. So it's not a problem down there amongst their people, uh, especially amongst the Indian peoples. And that was where I was kind of shooting for and what I was looking for back in that day and time. Um, now, I don't believe that, you know, you can necessarily – you know, take LSD and see God or something like that. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, there were people who, who talked that kind of language. But I just kind of found it wasn't a good party drug. If you've got 50 people in a house and they're all tripping on acid, that's a setup for a disaster. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> just, that's, just, that's just, no, that's not good. That's, that's, that's driving down the highway at 90 miles an hour with your eyes shut. <laughs> that's, something bad's going to come of it. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's after a while you realize that, okay, I've done this. Uh, if I've gotten something from it that's positive, that's good. But it's not something I feel like I continually need to do. I don't feel the need today to, you know, have an acid trip or, you know, eat peyote buttons or anything like that because it's just it's just you know I'm, I'm not there anymore that was something that was back in the past and you know i i had some good times with it i'm thankful i didn't have any really bad times with it but you know after a while you grow up and you put away childish things and and you realize that i'm going to have a hard time going to work and supporting my family <laughs> you know, if, uh, <laughs> you know, if my neck, if my necktie is turning into a rattlesnake or a cobra, you know, it's uh, not going to work. <laughs> so, uh. so I guess, I mean, you start drinking, I guess that's, that's the next thing you turn to alcohol because <laughs> you can't, you can't logistically do the drugs anymore. But, uh, but I, you know, I, I think that, uh, there are people who are kind of, spiritual journal journeyman that, that want to try to you know achieve some sort of enlightened state and I, I i don't think that's a bad thing to to be that way i just think that you know it's hard to achieve by doing mind-altering substances the the one thing if i got anything good out of the psychedelic experience was it did teach me that there are alternate realities now, what I mean by that is that there are people on the planet who don't think like we do. They're not Westerners. Easterners don't think like we do. Indians don't think like we do. And it helped me to be able to better understand where they're coming from. Uh, that, you know, the American way may not be the best way. 
and that there are people out there who have different life experiences. They grow up under different conditions. They grow up with different philosophies and things like that, and they may not be wrong. You know, they're good people. Uh, they, they do good things. They try to help people. They're generous to a fault. Um, you can't get them to argue about stupid things that we argue about all the time. And that when I say the alternate realities, their realities that they grow up with, and many times I have found it to be better than what we grew up with. Because we grew up with lies and, you know, making heroes out of bad people and, you know, living this, this lie that our culture, you know, the American dream, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. The only people I know of who are living in the American dream are people who are coming into the country from outside the country. Americans don't get the American dream anymore. Well, well, you no, know, we, I was going to say, or, or privilege. 